And we're reading from Bhagavad Gita, chapter 2, verse 56. Dukes anutvikna mana sukeshugetas praha vitara gapayakurta stita dir moniruchate. One who is not disturbed in mind, even amidst the threefold miseries, or elated when there is happiness, and who is free from attachment, fear, and anger, is called sage steady mind. So, because we're living in this material world, there's bound to be some miseries. And there's also some happiness. Some happiness is here. Usually the happiness is when we're you know, we're freed from the pain of, of hankering or lamentation or something. When you're old, you know, if you get free from the pain, that's really good. Actually, you wake up in the morning and the pain, you, you, you think, where is the pain going to be today? <laughs> and if one day you wake up and there's no pain, it means you probably left, you probably died. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. You think more people will come? Yeah, and then people can hear also. Oh, okay. My, my problem is getting the sound system. Oh, all right. Okay. 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 So until we get the sound system, can you hear? Or yeah. Back there? Yeah, you can move your chair closer. Okay. So what happens when a person who doesn't believe in God, well, he might believe in God, but what happens with, if he's not a devotee or not a, a religious person or spiritual person? What happens when a difficulty comes? What does he feel? How does he think? He may say, why is God doing this to me? Why is this happening to me? Why me? No, why, why, why not you? you know, it's happening to everyone. <laughs> when, when my husband left and I was thinking, oh, why is this happening to me? Then I thought, well, I think the average is 50% uh, of, the, of the people get separated. So why, why not you? Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but devotee thinks differently. When somebody who is not a devotee, he, something difficult happens, oh, why me? And if something good happens, oh, yes, because my intelligence, my hard work, uh, yes, yes, uh, of course, I'm expert. Just like my son. I was talking to him on the phone, I think it was a couple of days ago, and he was saying, because I worry about his, his financial, he had an accountant, the accountant would pull, be pulling his hair out for his business. And I said, you know, anyway, I said, it's, it's a miracle that your business is surviving. He said, Mom, I don't make any mistakes. And I said, what about the time when you were driving a pickup truck and delivering something, and you put gas instead of diesel into the truck? Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, so fortunately, you know, everybody who called his friends, they said, okay, that's it, the truck's finished. It was a rented truck for a rental price. And um, so that's it, you can't, you can't, nothing you can do. He looked online, nothing you can do, but there were some garages that said they can try and fix it, drain all the gas and 
put in petrol. So I said, okay, I'll do a puja for Nishingadev. <laughs> because you're at the end, there's nothing you can do, right? So I did the puja, and there was a miracle, and they did fix the truck, and off he was on his way. It was during an eclipse. You shouldn't drive during eclipses anyway, on a long, long distance drive. So, yeah, so we do make mistakes, and, uh, and we, we blame God for our mistakes sometimes. So here's how a devotee, Prabhupada tells, what happens if a devotee gets some difficulty in his life? Such a fully Krishna conscious person is not all disturbed by the onslaughts of the threefold miseries. Mm. It's not working. Maybe. Okay, um, yes, he's not disturbed. Then here's his attitude. Why is he not disturbed? He accepts all miseries as the mercy of the Lord, thinking himself only worthy of more trouble due to his past misdeeds. And he sees that his miseries, by the grace of the Lord, are minimized to the lowest. So, yeah, something happens, just like re very recently in Melbourne, I was there. One devotee got in a car accident. Whole car was completely destroyed. Nothing happened to the devotee. No, not a scrap. Nothing, except she was in shock, of course. But um, yeah, so this Krishna, so many things could have happened. But Krishna reduced it. So um, similarly, when the devotee is happy, he gives credit to the Lord, thinking himself unworthy of the happiness. So he's thinking, oh, this is Krishna's mercy. Hare Krishna. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is Krishna's mercy. Um, I'm not worthy of this happiness, but you you are um, giving me the, uh, such a comfortable condition, so I can do better service for you. Yes. So that is the how to devote things when the misery comes. It's a very high, high um, attitude to have. Very high attitude. So um, what I'm going to talk about today is how to counteract the threefold miseries. I mean, you may not have that high attitude. In fact, we know, okay, this is the philosophy, yeah, misery, it's the mercy of the Lord, um, but we may not feel that way when it happens. So, um, yeah, so what do we do? There is a verse in Srimad Bhagavatam which describes how you can counteract these miseries. And, uh, but first, uh, I'll talk a little bit about, you know, we have this knowledge, we have this really beautiful knowledge of Krishna conscious, but a lot of times it's theoretical. We don't really, we haven't experienced such a high attitude yet. Um, so there's a, a gap between our knowledge and our experience. We know the philosophy, but it's hard to realize it. So, um, one time the devotee was talking to Prabhupada that, you know, my body seems affected by the modes of nature. Um, Prabhupada said, you are not experiencing. Your body is experiencing. You are not feeling cold. Your body is feeling cold. You are not feeling cold. The devotee said, but I think I'm feeling cold. <laughs> I think I'm feeling cold. So then, uh, you're thinking that is illusion. So 
So devotee said, so I should rise above that? He said, yes, but not artificially. But this is the fact, you have to rise to that platform. This one, you have, like when you have a fever, actually you're healthy, but the fever has come. It's, it's not you, it's not really how you usually are. It's not your natural condition to have a fever. And so the fever will not stay, you will come to the healthy stage. So don't be disturbed by the fever. Now we're in the fever of this material world. We're all like in a fever. And so some, as Gita Prabhupada quotes, that matas parishas kuntea, shitosh naus dukadaha, that this, um, this feeling you have, it's, it will come, it will go. We have these feelings due to our senses, hot and cold and uh, different things. So it will come, it will go, like summer comes, summer goes, winter came, and winter went, I hope. Um, <laughs> it was a bit cold in Melbourne. It's, it's still cool. It's, yeah, it's still pretty. It's not quite, summer hasn't quite arrived. It gets hotter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, normally. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's quite pleasant right now, so enjoy while you can. Um, so there's pain, there's pleasure, but we have to tolerate it and not be disturbed. So how does a devotee, what happens if a devotee suffers? Like Srila Prabhupada, one time he was very sick with fever, with dysentery for three days. He was tossing and turning. And his servant was wondering, you know, it seems, why should devotees suffer? It seems like Prabhupada is a pure devotee. How come he's suffering? So he asked Prabhupada, "Um, do pure devotees suffer? And Prabhupada took it personally, and he said, no, it was a lover's bite. <laughs> so what that means is, the hand, he saw the hand of Krishna, saw the hand of Krishna there, just like um, it's described a time of death. It's not the same for a devotee and a non-devotee. For the one who is a non-devotee, he feels like a rat caught in the mouth of a cat. And the rat is completely terrified, and he knows he's going to die, doesn't know what's going to happen after. Uh, now the devotee, when the devotee time of death comes, he feels like a kitten in the mouth of mother cat. Quite different feeling. Because the kitten feels loved, the kitten feels protected, mother cat, you, sometimes the kitten goes the wrong direction, so the mother cat picks up the kitten and takes it a different direction. It takes the kitten home. So sometimes in this life we might feel the teeth of the mother cat because we might go the wrong direction. And we have to understand what is the lesson. Maybe I have to change my attitude. Maybe my attitude is wrong here. So um, then the mother cat takes us in the right direction. So um, let us go to Bhagavatam. There is a verse that is um, in the 7th canto, 15th chapter, verse 24, that there are three, so we talk, now this verse in Gita talks about threefold miseries, three kinds of miseries. So first of all, what are those three kinds of miseries? This in Sanskrit, adibhautik, adidaivik, adiatmik. So adibhautik means miseries due to other living entities, like people give you trouble, like mosquitoes bite you, 
like I was talking, one Indian family was, they went to Bombay because their child, for three months, and the child is going to the school. Wonderful school, he said, but the mosquitoes are eating us alive. So we couldn't stay in Bombay. <laughs> he said, we put mosquito in it, it didn't work, Every, they were coming in. and Yeah, so there you go. You might have something nice to share, but then there's always some obstacle, something happening to your comfortable situation in this world. Try to be comfortable, but it doesn't always work. So problems from other living beings, people are envious, or, yeah, you might be in a crowd, and like especially if the temple in Vrindavan is always packed, really packed. You don't have that problem here, but um, there are masses of people, and they'll step on your feet, and they'll elbow you out of the way, but they're it's enthusiastic to see the deity, so we don't mind too much, but still, it's hard to tolerate. <laughs> um, we also want to see the deities, too. Um, so there's a competition there. <laughs> it really packs, packs of people, packs and packs. They come, we have kirtan 24 hours, and they're they all dance. Everybody dances there in India. No matter where they're from, they just, as soon as they hear the music, they start dancing. <laughs> kirtan music, yes. So, you know, it's, it's good. It's good for them. But sometimes it's hard for us who want a peaceful life, <laughs> but not, not possible. Um, so Adi Bhauti, that's from other living beings. And Adi, is, you can hear? Everybody can hear? Okay. Adi, Adi Daivik is due to, um, so how do you counteract the, the miseries due to other living beings? Proper behavior, good behavior and freedom from envy. So now there's Adi Daivik miseries, that's due to the demigods or in modern language, due to nature, because they don't, people don't believe in nature, demigods, they believe in nature, mother nature, mother nature, sometimes they say she's getting angry with us, turn it down a little bit, yeah, now it's coming in my, yeah, <laughs> in my bad ear, how are you both, that's a little better, um, yeah, so mother nature, earthquakes, uh, floods. I think there's floods now in in Melbourne and another place in Australia. There's some flooding, and uh, I think Cabarita maybe somewhere over there. Um, there's flooding. There's or there's drought. Um, there's so many problems with Mother Nature. Uh, earthquakes, tsunamis. Bushfires. Bushfires. Yes, yes. I was here when they were having huge bushfires. I was here. I think three years ago it was. Yeah, it was three years ago. And but I just escaped them somehow. They were there the week before I came, and then they kind of went down. And so, and then there's COVID <laughs> that we all know about, and always there it could happen again. Who knows what's going on? So um, that's um, nature. I guess actually COVID could be other living entities too. Yeah, and it could be also, there's a third. Now, how do you counteract miseries due to nature? By meditation and trance. So we meditate on Krishna, we chant Hare Krishna, and you can counteract that misery by, ch by chanting. Now, the third misery is due to your body and mind. Your own body gives you trouble, 
And your mind gives you trouble. I mean, mental, I think like 40% of people in a lot of countries have mental problems. And 40% of students in the college have mental problems. I mean, you actually probably know you've seen a lot of people. One in five, they say. One in five. No, it's one in five here. Can experience a serious mental uh, issue right. during their lifetime. Yeah. They, in, in, in where I was in Denmark, they said one-fourth of the people are happy. I mean, no, they said it's a happy place there. Why is it happy in Denmark? Because they have a happy pill that people take. And one-fourth of the people are taking this happy pill. I don't know how it does it, but I think it probably doesn't last. You probably have to keep taking it. I don't know what the happy pill is. They never told me. But, um, <laughs> I think it was ice cream. Huh? I think it was ice cream. Well, you know what? Ice cream. Actually, Food for Life in Sweden, we were distributing ice cream in the summer. The Food for Life, everybody was taking <laughs> ice cream. Uh, food for Life distribution. <laughs> I mean, that was on Harinam. It was not like your meal or anything. Yeah. It was just like our Harinam food distribution, not the Food for Life program. But yeah, that person was also in charge of Food for Life and he would distribute it <laughs> in the summer, of course, that's when people want it. And so how do you counteract miseries due to the body and mind? By pranayam, Bhagavatam says, and practicing hatha yoga. Now, what is pranayam according to Prabhupada is chanting and dancing. And, and, and chanting Hare Krishna and dancing, that is our pranayam. So you can counteract, and I'll give you, a, we'll talk about that later. First I'm going to talk about some practical examples of meditation and trance for counteracting the miseries of nature or the demigods. So in 2013 in India, there was uh, up in Kedarnath, which is up in the Himalayas, uh, place of Lord Shiva, there was an avalanche, and there was an avalanche, and uh, also a flood, and there was a temple of Lord Shiva there, and everything was destroyed on both sides of the temple. One big rock came and stood behind the temple and protected the temple. So there was one devotee of Lord Shiva who was meditating in trance in front of the deity when all this happened. He was completely undisturbed. He was just looking at Lord Shiva and meditating. And he was okay with all this avalanche. Why did that rock come in back of the temple to protect it? Because um, before a few uh, a few days before this happened, the government of India decided to move Parvati, husband's uh, the wife of Lord Shiva, move her temple above Lord Shiva's. She came to the Pujari in a dream and said, "Tell them not to do it." So then they moved her temple, and then the avalanche came, <laughs> and uh, the flooding came. She was angry. So. Um, Yes, so this sadhu was saved, meditation and trance. I was following it on Facebook, it was on Facebook. And um, everybody had their cell phones out and taking pictures. But the roads were destroyed, so nobody could 
come out, come down from there, from Kedernath uh, when she was up in the mountains. So then the helicopters were coming and taking everybody down. So they came and they asked this sadhu, okay, you can go in the helicopter now and come down. And he said, no, I will walk. <laughs> so he was completely transcendental to that by his meditation. So we also can become transcendental when things happen, like the disturbance of uh, nature. If we keep our Krishna consciousness, then we can be transcendental. Now what about the misery of other people, other living beings? You can counteract that misery by good behavior. So what is good behavior? And freedom from envy. Don't be envious of the other person. Don't think, oh, he's got an iPhone, whatever it is now, 15, I lost track. Um, <laughs> uh, when I left America, they got a 12, and that was the latest. I have an 8. <laughs> because it's very small, I don't like these big, huge things. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, don't worry if, you don't, if your neighbor has it and you don't. Um, <laughs> you don't need it. Um, and that would just be another worry, then how to pay for it with all your other bills. Um, so good behavior, don't be envious of others. And um, good behavior means if somebody is superior to you, then you should uh, help them and serve them, especially in the devotee community. Help them and serve them. If someone is your equal, make friendship, exchange gifts, exchange prasadam. Reveal your mind confidentially. If someone is your equal, and if someone is your junior, don't push them down and keep them down. You help them to elevate, to rise, to transcend. Help, help the juniors. So if you have this good behavior, then um, that will counteract miseries due to other beings. We have good behavior. So sometimes devo um, devotees would have problems with each other when Prabhupada was here. And one devotee complained that, oh, um, these other devotees, they're so impersonal to me. I can't, it's, I cannot, it's very hard for me here. So Prabhupada said that we should not expect, even in Krishna conscious society, there will be utopia. Yeah, so if, if you stay here a long time, you'll see, oh, there are problems. There are problems here also. Um, because devotees are persons. They have desires, and um, there will be some lacking. But the difference is, because they've given up everything, so this was in Prophet's time, we gave up everything. We gave up our jobs, we gave up our families, and some gave up their wealth. I didn't have any wealth to give up, but um, some did give up. Some were sons like Brahmananda and Gargamuni. They were sons of a millionaire. They had 20 rooms in their house. And, and now and in India, they were sleeping on the floor. We didn't have beds in India. When we, when we came to India in 1972, we were on chatais. We were on these mats, like, like, like this kind of mat, but made of straw. It was good, not plastic at least. Um, it, so we were, that's what we were sleeping on that for the 18 years I was in India. I mean, in, in Bombay. <laughs> uh, no, I was in 18 years in Bombay. Oh, how many years? Any 18 years. Where was I? Oh, Calcutta. I was, yeah, Calcutta, Bombay. We were on the mats. And <laughs> we were young. It was an adventure. 
you know, <laughs> until I got pregnant and I couldn't get up off the floor. So we found a broken bed with three legs and <laughs> put some bricks under the leg and, and we did sleep on that. So it was very austere. And um, so in Bombay there was one Dr. Patel who was a friend of the devotees. So he went out and begged for mattresses and mosquito nets and different things for devotees to use, blankets, pillows. But after two years, all, everything he donated disappeared. And he complained to Prabhupada, these devotees, they don't take care of themselves. They don't take care of the things, their health. So um, this, this Dr. Patel, he was a, he, he, he liked Bhagavad Gita, but he took a very impersonal interpretation and his goal was liberation. He wanted to be liberated and yeah. And so Prabhupada said to him, that liberation you want so much, they already have it, these devotees, us. <laughs> we didn't feel liberated, but <laughs> we did feel, we didn't, it's true, we, we, we could tolerate everything because we had faith in Srila Prabhupada, that Prabhupada could. And he was doing more austerities than we were. He was going all over the world, sleeping less, writing books. And so we could follow him. Um, so then that's the um, miseries due to other living beings you can counteract by good behavior. And then the miseries due to the body and mind, hatha yoga and pranayama, chanting and dancing and kirtan. So uh, I was in Nepal a few years ago, I think, I can't remember which year, but um, there were 150 ladies there. Now in the last, it was a retreat, 150 Nepali ladies. And the last re last day of the retreat, they were dancing and chanting. Uh, they started the kirtan at 7.30 at night. So then, one Gujarati lady came and she said, you know, it's prasadam time. I'm hungry. Nobody paid attention. They were just chanting and dancing and they forgot to eat. She came back 8.30. Really? Um, we need to eat now. Nobody paid attention. They were singing and dancing and they couldn't care less. She came back at 9.30. Prasadam? <laughs> Nobody paid attention. So she started chanting and dancing too. And she forgot also. <laughs> yeah, I was there for that one. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, you can counteract the miseries of like if you're hungry by chanting and dancing. By pranayam. <laughs> That's our pranayam. And um, another example was Indudumna Swami. He was on an airplane in Africa. And the plane was going for landing, and the plane started shaking and shaking. And he started going, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. And the other, some Christians were going, Jesus, Jesus. And the Muslims are going, Allah, Allah. And the plane went back up. Next to Maharaj was a scientist. He said, Swamiji, I don't believe in these things. I don't believe in this chanting. plane went down, started shaking. Everybody was, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. 
and the scientist was looking very sick. And the plane went back up. And so the scientist said to Maharaj, what was that you were saying? <laughs> Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. No, no, the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> so the pilot made an announcement. Okay, we're going to try one more time. If we don't succeed, we'll go back to where we came from. So they went in for the landing. The plane was shaking. Everyone was chanting. The scientist was chanting. And they went. They landed. <laughs> so then Maharaj said to the scientist, Now do you believe? He said, Maybe. <laughs> and so I said, here's, here's my card if you have any questions. You can contact me. So yes, uh, it works. The chanting does work. I do have experiences in my life where it does work. So in yoga, it's recommended that we practice regulation. Um, this, is, um, this brings you to the mode of goodness. There's different modes. Ignorance, you kind of... Um, you just drugged all the whole time and you, you kind of left society and you're in your own alcoholic or drug world. You don't really relate. So that's happiness in the mode of ignorance. That's um, not good. And then if you're in passion, you're kind of very active and you need lots of money, never enough, never enough work, never enough money, and uh, you're very disturbed all the time. You need this, you need hankering. Oh, I need this, I need this. Oh, I lost that, I lost that. Hankering and lamenting, that's more passion. What of goodness, you're just satisfied with whatever you get. And, and there's a balance between pa all the modes, goodness, passion, ignorance. So Ayurvedic medicine also uh, explains to us that when, you're, when your body is in balance, then it's healthy. There's three doses, there's three different parts of your body that could be out of balance. You know, air, mucus, and bile. So if that's in balance, that's balanced, then you can be healthy. So if the modes are balanced, you're in the mode of goodness, and you can be mentally and physically happy. In Bhagavad Gita, there is a verse in the sixth chapter, which describes this, what happens. If you're what what you have to balance, and what you can expect if you are balanced, um, he who is regulated in his habits of eating, sleeping, recreation, and work can mitigate all material pains by practicing the yoga system. So eating, sleeping, recreation, and work—all of those things you do, you need for the for the body. You can't just work, work, work. You need recreation also. You need to eat and sleep. So if you balance these four things, then you can be healthy. You can mitigate all the miseries of your body. So that's the attitude of the devotee that, okay, um, there's a verse again, Bhagavatam, Tatenukampamsusamikshamana, that uh, I hope against hope I will get the mercy of the Lord. And then the second line is, Hunjana evatmakritam vipakam, then I, you tolerate the reactions of your past misdeeds. So you hope for mercy, you tolerate your karma, and um, then with body, mind, and words, you serve Krishna. You use everything. And then if you do all those things, you can go back to Godhead. You become the inheritor of the kingdom of God. You become eligible 
to go back to the spiritual world. If you can do these three things, tolerate, um, hope for mercy, tolerate the reactions, and serve Krishna while you're tolerating and hoping against hope. So um, I would like to also tell you a few things at the end now. This is the conclusion. Again, the devotee was confused because, um, again, he's a devotee. He's been practicing for a long time. Well, in Prabhupada's time, long time meant five years, two years, three years. <laughs> wasn't so long. Senior devotee. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I've, uh, it says when you become a devotee, you're on the spiritual level. You're transcendental. And I'm, you know, but at the same time, you talk about being affected by the modes of nature. So he says, yes, I, I'm a devotee. I follow the principles. I get some spiritual pleasure. At the same time, I feel affected by the modes of nature. So how can I be on transcendental level and still be affected? So Prabhupada said, okay, it's like being on a boat. Have, have any of you been on a boat before? Yeah, okay, good. So you know what it's like. So you're on the boat, right? No one can say if you're on the boat, you're not on the boat. So that's the spiritual platform. The boat is, you're on the spiritual platform. But sometimes big waves will come and rock the boat. So, that's the modes of nature. It's like our boat gets rocked by the modes. So, um, the position is not steady. So how to become steady? You have to learn from the captain of the boat, the spiritual master, how to steer the boat through the storms that we will experience in our life. And then you will become steady when you learn how to steer the boat. Now I have one more thing I wanted to share with you, if I can find it. There it is, this little thing here. This is a prayer from His Holiness Sachinandan Swami. And it's a prayer when you're in trouble, when you're in difficulty. It's a difficulty prayer. So you go to Krishna, like the deities, or picture, or in your mind. Say, my Lord, I cannot solve this alone. It's beyond my capabilities, my intelligence, my plans, my ideas. I sincerely request you to accept me as your surrendered soul. Maintain and protect me. So protect me means keep me in a situation where I can function and the problems of material existence don't upset my life that much. So that's protection. That's the protection he's asking for. Maintain me means maintain me on the spiritual platform. So yes, if we can stay on the spiritual level, then we won't be disturbed, like this verse in Bhagavad Gita says. And he said, and this is what he said, do this simple step, and a very interesting thing happens. The problem which looks so big, like a, now my life is finished, will start to shrink and become very, very small, like a water in a calf's hoof print, a calf, yeah, little, little, little water, like this much, and you can step over it. So yeah, we, the attitude is everything. Nectar of instruction says, uh, your advancement is according to your attitude, spiritually. So I've tried to describe some of that attitude today, and hope you can take some of this and practice it in your life. Hare Krishna. Any questions or comments? Yes. So pranayama is 
breathing, isn't it's it? It's breathing, yeah. It's breathing. That's mm -hmm. the simple thing of breathing is just chanting and dancing. Chanting that, and that, dancing, you're get, doing. That will get you breathing. That will get that. That will get you a better result than the pranayam exercises, or the same result. It's with proper the same. And easier. And easier, yeah. You don't have to sit for hours in one position. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they kind of imitate it in the modern yoga. <laughs> they kind of have an imitation pranayam. But real pranayam actually means uh, the goal is to stop breathing completely. Why? Why do the yogis stop? I mean, we don't see these kind of yogis nowadays. But in the old days, there were like there was a yogi in Vrindavan 700 years old. Because they stopped their breathing. Now, why does why does that help to stop your breathing? Because it is said you have a certain number of breaths in your life. Now, suppose you hold your breath. That'll lengthen your life. So they can hold their breath for years. So that's how they they want to hold their breath until they finish uh, per, it went until they get perfection in their yoga practice. I mean, real yogis up in the Himalayas. I recently saw a picture of a yogi just in a towel walking on the street and in the snow and in the Himalayas somewhere, <laughs> some holy place. Hardware, not Hardware, more Gedarnath, uh, Badrinath probably. Yeah, so, yeah, they hold their breath so then they can uh, lengthen their duration of life. And that's actually pranayam. They make you hold your breath, but not that long. <laughs> Maybe for a minute or two, or even mostly, yes, less than that. Um, but um, our pranayama is much nicer and and, and will give you good health, chanting and dancing. Yeah, because there is, when you chant japa also, there's a certain amount of breath control that's there. You may not notice it, but it's, it's there. That you do uh, have to control your breath to chant for two hours. That's a long time. I mean, sometimes you may finish, if you chant very fast, you'll finish sooner. But the standard is about two hours uh, for chanting 16 rounds. Okay. Any other questions? Yeah? Mataji, that was so nice that you could explain how different miseries can impact on us. For a devotee, is there any one particular misery that we should be especially <laughs> weary of? No, it's, it's different. We're all individuals. So some devotees will be disturbed by other people. Some devotees, and not only at different times of your life, sometimes in your life other people will disturb you. Sometime in your life your body and mind will disturb you. Another time in your life, it's it's the weather that you can't tolerate. So um, it's individual. It's individual, and you know, don't look for it. Like, um, <laughs> go, oh, is it this misery or that? No, <laughs> don't look for for which misery is is for you. Um, they will come, just like Quincy. She prayed, let all the miseries come, because then Krishna said, don't don't pray that. They will come. You don't have to pray for them. <laughs> they will come. Just like happiness comes, so distress comes without without um, asking for it. Yeah. No, we should, don't worry. 
yeah, don't look, don't try to figure out which misery <laughs> to look for. <laughs> I think that's not a good way, good way to look to do it. Um, it will come. Whatever comes, that that's your misery. Usually, it's all three, all together. Other people give you trouble, or the mosquitoes. There's no mosquitoes here as much, but um, you know something like one one confirmed. Um, <laughs> when the list they say in Vrindavan, when the lizard speaks after you say something, then it's confirmed. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yes, yes. You should notice that. You can notice that. Yeah, in Vrindavan they don't speak. They're cursed. Some pastime which I don't know, but they don't. They don't speak in Vrindavan. Yeah, Mayapur they speak. Yeah. Right. Okay. Any other? Yes. You mentioned how chanting. You had many experiences how the chanting does help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was on a train in India, and um, we were in first class. So in those, it was an old first class train, and that was like you have your own compartment just for two of us. And so some people got angry with us, and they were trying to break into our compartment. And they actually broke in, and we were chanting the Shinga Mantra. And then they, they couldn't take it, and they went away. <laughs> it was one time. <laughs> I, know, I know another lady in Calcutta. She was going to Mangalarti with her husband and some people came with a knife. They wanted to steal his watch. And then she saw them go with the knife to her husband and she got crazy and she thought they hurt her husband. So she started chanting a Shinga Mantra and chasing after them down the street. <laughs> they were scared of her because <laughs> she was like mad, you know. And she got, went completely mad and chanting the Shinga. Namaste, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, there's, it, it works. When you're in danger, you chant. Yeah, Shinga, yeah, in my dreams sometimes I get attacked, so I chant in Shinga Mantra, Hare Krishna sometimes. And it, it, it works. You wake up and, oh, okay, it was a dream. <laughs> Any other questions? Yes? Hare Krishna Mahatma. Yeah. I call myself sadhak in Siddhavad Devoti because... You I'm call yourself a sadhak? Sadhak. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, we are trying. You're aspiring. I'm, I'm practicing to be devotee. Is it right word to use? Yeah, that's good. We're all we're all sadhakas. I'm a sadhaka also. I'm, I'm trying to be a devotee, yes. We're, until you get the realization of your spiritual form in, in, in the spiritual world, Goloka Vrindavan, you're a sadhaka. That's, that's the proper name. For a devotee who is practicing, we're all sadhakas. Yes. Any other questions? Yes. On our spiritual journey, we have like real realizations. We go through the suffering, mm. and then you know, there's new realizations in life. Um, what's your biggest realization? Mm -hmm. The no matter what happens, don't give up. Mm. Because sometimes devotees, something happens. Oh. Why is this happening? I'm a devotee. I should not be sick. I should not have trouble. No, it, it will happen. And not only that, sometimes you you get a doubt in your mind. Doubts may come. Or you see the behavior of other devotees and you think, oh, 
no, how, how is this? How could this be? This is a spiritual movement. It should not be in this movement. So you might have doubts. And because of those doubts, you might think, oh, maybe I should try a different movement. Are you? Are you? <laughs> yeah, so, the, so you have to know that if you're a sadhaka, you will go through this period of doubting. Even though maybe after 20 years, 30 years, the time will come. It's called anarta nivriti. Is it always there or is it just one time or two times? No, it's not always there. Well, when you're in this level of anarta nivriti, it can come and go. It usually comes and goes. It doesn't have to be always there. There are many things that happen in that um, time period between this um, start with Shraddha, Faith, Sadhu Sangha Association devotees, then um, back, uh, following the principles of Bhakti Yoga, and then Anartanariti means becoming free from doubt. It's the stage where the doubts come and they become washed away. The doubts come and you're, you're, you're not steady in devotional service. Sometimes you're enthusiastic, sometimes you're not, and sometimes you're indecisive. Should I get married? Should I get divorced? Should I have children? Should I what? You know, your mind is just like, doesn't know what to do with your life. Should I leave this temple and go to another temple? Or, yeah, so that's another level. Another level is when you, well, when you first join, you think you're a great pure devotee. And, and you tell everyone, you tell your parents, you're not my parents. I had so many parents for so many births. So, yeah. And you go to some old person and tell them your teeth are falling out and you're half blind and deaf. And so, therefore, you should take up this. <laughs> Who's going to do it? You know? um, yeah, so you, you, you think you're really great, but you don't preach really nicely because you think you're the best one. So that's another level. Another level is, uh, yeah, indecision. Another level is you try to make advancement and you say, okay, I'm going to fast on Akadashi. But then the next day after Akadashi, you feast and you sleep the whole day. You may stay up the whole night chanting and then the next day you just sleep the whole day. So you really defeat the purpose of the vow. You take the vows, but you really can't maintain them. And then the last stage is when you, you're a devotee and then you get some some good um, comfortable things some things by being a devotee then you get attached to them and think oh <laughs> yes <laughs> I need this I need these things yeah uh-huh yes um, you, you mentioned that doubts come and mm -hmm. go and then when this phase turn out well it's there will be no more doubt. Yeah, that's How nishta. That come, like, what to do? How to get that? Yeah, um, no, you have to... Um, um, nishta, that means steadiness. That means the mode of goodness. Steadiness and devotional service, that comes next. Nishta. And after that comes taste. So then... So now we have some taste. I mean, all these levels we also experience now. Sometimes we're steady. Sometimes we have a taste. But when you get to that level, you're always steady. And you always have a taste, even for the littlest things, you have a taste. Uh, so taste, like here now we might have taste for a few minutes, a few, maybe an hour in kirtan. Uh, but then it goes. But in the level of taste, you will have it 
all the time. So how to get there? Well, Prabhupada gave us the process of following the principles of Bhakti Yoga, chanting 16 rounds, associating with devotees. So we follow the process. And we do try to avoid offenses also. Try not to criticize other devotees. Yeah. Any other question? Mm -hmm. When we are suffering from something, you know, we say, oh, this is from my past karma. Mm -hmm. We question ourselves, oh, I haven't done anything bad, and why this happened to me? Yeah. Okay, yeah. say, oh, things uh, may have come from previous lives. Previous lives, yeah. And then you think, oh, you know, when we die, then uh, we actually go to heaven or hell, and then we suffer our karmas, you know, through, to, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's not for devotees, though. Devotees do not go to heaven or hell. They go to Krishna. And that's what we are preparing ourselves for now. Not to go to heaven or hell. To go to Krishna. You won't see the Amadudas. In previous life, we might not have, you know, we might have done something. Yes, and yeah, we, exactly. We actually suffer. We actually suffer and then get paid. Like, that gets yeah, we, we pay it back. Yes. And then we come back and then we suffer again in this, in this birth. <laughs> So isn't it like double, uh, like we suffered, we have suffered. No, but what if you didn't pay back in your last life? No, we, when we went to hell, you know, we, we, <laughs> we suffer. From yeah, if you went to hell, you would not be in a human birth in this life. If you go to hell, you prepare to be an animal in your next life. So, you were a human, you were human in your previous life, but you didn't finish paying back. Maybe you didn't, maybe you weren't a devotee. But you were pious and did good things. So this life you got a chance to be a devotee. Um, but yeah, going to hell means actually when you go to hell you prepare like you eat the bodies of others so you can become a tiger. You, you learn how to be the animal you're going to become. So that's hell. And of course you suffer if you murdered somebody or whatever, you, you do suffer. And, um, but generally hell is a preparation for being an animal in your next life. If you're a human in this life, then most likely you haven't gone to hell. Um, there's a nice um, thing that happened recently in Tirupati. One man died. They were carrying him on the well, the, what do you call that thing, anyway? Palanquin? Not palanquin, but yeah. bamboo. Yeah. Bamboo poles. And all of a sudden he sat up. <laughs> he sat up and people said, ah, ghost, ghost. And he said, no, no, it's me, I'm back. Um, <laughs> he said he went to the Yamadutas, the, the servants of Lord of Death. They took him. And Yamaraj saw him, he said, oh, no, he's the wrong one, send him back. Um, <laughs> So he came back, and before he became conscious, the Yamadutas said to him, um, you know, go to Iskan and get Bhagavad Gita as it is, and then you won't see us again. <laughs> so, you know, it's the, it was the marathon that they were helping us. Even the Yamadutas were distributing books in the marathon. <laughs> so the guy came back, and the first thing he did was run to the Iskan temple, and he was crying because he said, I won't see the Yamadudas again. <laughs> I have this Bhagavad Gita. So if anyone doesn't have it, better get it. Um, 
because uh, yes, it, it really you don't yes you didn't you didn't finish paying last life okay no problem maybe you made some offenses maybe you were a devotee you made some offenses there's three kinds of pious activities from past life one is if you do some material things like build a hospital or give charity to the poor another one is if you cultivate um, like your sannyasi you cultivate impersonal knowledge so you get that kind of um, pious credits. Another one is if you're a devotee and you did something like for a devotee. Like maybe you bought a book from one of Prabhupada's disciples. So this life you get a chance to, um, maybe you got some prasada, maybe you bought a book and uh, so this life you have a chance to take up spiritual life. Um, so there's, yeah. Most likely if you're in the human body and you became a devotee, you, you didn't come up from hell, usually. It takes a lot, many, many births. <laughs> I think we have a, a fallen devotee with us here today. <laughs> yeah, but if you're a fallen devotee, I mean, you may fall to a hum to an animal birth, but you will be in the house of a devotee and get a chance to um, go from there. Dogs and cats. I live in Alachua. A lot of devotees have dogs and cats. I mean, especially cats. Um, but they get prasadam. And they... So they can go back to Godhead in this life. Straight from the animal life. Because they're not making any offenses. They're not making offenses. And they're just eating... They're just doing devotional service. Eating prasad. Hearing the holy name. And so they can... But don't buy a dog or cat. <laughs> That's not the way to help... help other living entities. You can give them prasadam if you see them, but, you know, don't... If you get attached, you know, hmm, another birth. Get attached to your dog or cat. Prabhupada was crying one time. He saw one, one, one man walking a dog. And we see that here in Australia a lot. Okay. <laughs> He's really getting into the lecture. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe you were a lecturer in your last life. <laughs> But, um, yeah, and Prabhupada said, he was crying because he saw the person, he said, he's on this side of the leash, next life he'll be on the other side of the leash. And that means you have to go through dogs and so many animal species before you become a human being. Dogs, the th there's three species that become in human beings. That's monkeys, lions, and cows. If you're in one of those animal bodies, then the next life is human being. Yeah, you might be born in the house of devotee as a dog or cat. <laughs> so, you you continue your devotional service, but it's not a good way to do it. <laughs> Any other questions? So yes. Today I watched a, a ten-minute video asking the elderly or, or the more mature uh -huh. what their regrets were. Mm. 60, 70, 80 year olds. Yes, right. So a lot of them were, they wish they took more risks or they wish they sorted things out with family yeah. or they wish they did more when they were young. Yeah, yeah. You've, uh, like me, brought up an Australian. What you've done is very foreign to me to give up everything and <laughs> go and go and follow, you know, <laughs> a skinny old dude uh, who yeah. didn't look like he had much to 
He had no money. He said, I didn't bribe you. No, he didn't I... bribe us. He didn't give us. But he, he, he gave us a way out of this miserable life. Yeah. That's one thing. He gave us a way to, he gave us love, basically. And, and we felt that. And we felt like that he was a real saint. And we wanted to be like him. Right. We wanted, oh, you know, yeah, but we weren't planning, you know, I wasn't planning this, you know. But then, yeah, I was like, I was reading lots of books as a child. And then when I, when I was a teenager, I started reading books in Eastern. I started yoga when I was 16, just from the book. Wow. Yeah. And then, and then I, then I was reading all these books from India, Eastern philosophy, and I said, "I need a guru, I need a teacher." So then, uh, you just put the call out. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I did, and then I was in Boston, and there were so many gurus there, and I was guru shopping. I was trying one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then. Uh, I would ask them, so what's your process and what can I hope to achieve? So then I went to one guru, he said, yes, our process is we meditate 10 minutes morning, 10 minutes night, whatever you like, do the rest of the day, and after six months you'll become God. Oh, I tried. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> or liberated. If you don't become God, you'll get the consolation prize of liberation. Well, it didn't work. Then I went to the devotees, I said, okay, what's your process? Chant, dance, eat. Uh, okay. <laughs> and if I chant, dance, and eat, what can I hope to achieve? They said, you will see God. I said, yes, I want to see God. I don't want to be God. So, yeah. And I've been following that for the last 52 years. <laughs> and we are seeing, we go to the temple, we see Krishna. We see him. And if we go every day, you can see him every day. Did you have some personal realizations, like... Of actually some, some realizations of actually seeing Krishna or... Well, when I was Pujari, because I was very close to the deities, then like when I would dress Krishna, I would see already the, like how he was decorated and I would just put jewelry where I saw it. <laughs> and then I had to, I was, I, I was doing in Calcutta, I was doing 20 hours seva and four hours sleep. So... Um, I, I had to be the chokidar, you know the word. Chokidar means the guard. I had to guard the deities at the do you know, because we didn't have one. And I had to protect the deities. So I was there the whole day with them. And I could see, you know, how their expressions would change. We would take pictures of them and um, make life members in Calcutta. Just by seeing the pictures of the deities, people became our members. And one, our temple president, one time he saw two pictures, two different ones, that were taken on the same, same day. And he said, they look quite different. Um, their expression, I said, yes, their expressions change every minute, every second. It's not because of light. Or <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Yeah, there's a, a th thing that happened in one of our temples in Australia. I don't remember which temple, but they hired a photographer to take pictures of the deities. And so he was taking his pictures, and then he went to the devotee. He said, "You have to come." And now she moved, <laughs> and so they had to fix the veil. So she moved. She moved. 
<laughs> Not only devotees experience, others also experience. There was one uh, devotee, Muslim devotee, who came to Burijan Prabhu. Said it's because their scripture doesn't allow deities. Yeah. And so he said, What can I do? You know, I have this obstacle. I don't have faith in the deities. So Burijan said, Go in front of the deity. Krishna Balaram, it was Vindavan. And just stand there and tell him and come back. So he stood there. He came back. He said, Okay, I believe in deities. <laughs> anyway, yes, the deities are there. Well, you have Gornitai, I believe, or some of you may have in your house. Um, temple deities are very powerful. It's my experience, just, uh, you know. I was in Calcutta, it was a very austere place. We didn't have electricity or water most of the time. I was, we had these big ghee lamps burning. My sari caught on fire one time, but I was okay. I just ripped it off like in about three seconds. And, uh, but uh, yeah, I, was, I felt I was with Krishna. So if you, if you do pujari work, you can get that experience. If you do it as a seva and not as a work job, you can get experience. It's open for everyone. Deity of Prabhupada is also there in the temple. You can pray to him. Prayer when you pray, then it's like talking with the de with Krishna. You tell them your troubles. Ask them help. Ask for help. <laughs> so any other questions? Good questions tonight. <laughs> okay. Jai Gaurisha Prabhupada. Hare Krishna.